This is the Post Game Wrap-Up Show. All massive victories and devastating losses covered here. Inside OU on the Franchise Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the post-game edition of the Inside OU Podcast. This is Brady Trantham, and for the pregame pod, we had no Rufus Alexander. It was just me and John Hoover, but today we are graced by the presence of Mr. Rufus Alexander, which is great because we do have a question for you from Twitter. So, Rufus, how has your day been thus far? My day has been great. I mean, watch a good defensive performance. Wasn't worried throughout the game. Wasn't worried before the game. I only had OU giving up 14 points, which I was right on that one. So <laughs> I, I was I was kind of in the kind of like, eh, you know what? I just had a real relaxing day on the sideline. No stresses at all. Well, that that's really good to hear. I mean, I had a I had a nice day. The weather was great. Just a little bit of, of a sunburn, but that's going to happen when you're a pale ass Anglo-Saxon like myself, um, John. How are you doing? Like, if you just completely take away anything to do with technology or phone apps <laughs> or Skype, how are you doing so far? I've had a great day. I got some <laughs> some dude from West Virginia moved me out of my seat when I got back from the press conference. He was sitting in my seat, and I'm like, "What do you not see all my stuff sitting here?" So I had to move. But uh, no, other than that, uh, I want to punch you. You moved? In the face. Why the hell did you move? Man, those mountain I, those mountain folk are weird. Because I'm nice like that. I know I'm nice like <laughs> I that, but told I'm that. cool like that. I would have told the Mountaineer, I'm like, hey, look, there's been an ass yeah. kicking on the field. Do you want another one? <laughs> no, I'm saving mine for Bill two. Gates and his uh, his Skype team. So we're it, good. Yeah. It's Don't kind, take two losses. It, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of funny to think about that, like thought bubble wise, because I mean, John, you're tall and you're in shape. You know, I'll just say, like, you're not you're not some skinny, nerdy little media guy. Like, when whenever you think of nerdy reporter, it's it's not John Hoover, but it would be funny to think if Rufus was in your position and he just sits and sits in Rufus's spot and Rufus is like, "What the hell? What the hell are you doing, dude?" <laughs> You're gonna need to move, sir. Oh, yeah, ne- never mind. No, I'd have told him to move. <laughs> if you see all my stuff right there, hey, look, bro, it's time to go. You got to move. Oh. I just I politely uh, grabbed all my stuff and dragged it across his laptop, so it, I made my point. <laughs> oh, those silly mountain folk. Well. OU wins in dominant fashion, everybody, uh, 52-14 to 14 over the West Virginia Mountaineers, led by Mr. Austin Kendall, everybody's old friend who used to play at the University of Oklahoma. But, uh, gentlemen, just a, a dominant, ho-hum, boring game of a performance by Oklahoma. Uh, they did exactly what they had to do. Um, let's see. I'll just throw out some numbers really quick, and then we'll dive into it a little bit more specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, OU um, just absolutely dominated them on defense they only held them to what was it 260 something yards like this game total. yeah total yards. Yeah, so yeah 260 total yards uh had 50 51 or 47 i think i had 51 rushing yards just just incredible i mean especially when you think about like is when I saw that number i thought at first i, I saw it kind of i just glanced at it and thought okay that's passing right Oh, that's total yard. Yes, West Virginia is not a very good team, uh, especially yeah. on the offensive line. Like they are not. They they have obviously lost a lot of talent from last year's pretty damn good team. But again, like we've said a thousand times on this podcast, OU's defense in the past have given up a lot of points and a lot of yards to offenses worse than what West Virginia threw out there. So, um, no sacks. No turnovers, but overall a really, really great performance. And, uh, John, I'll just let you get your thoughts on the game first. Yeah, let me give you my stat of the day. My stat of the day last week in the Cotton Bowl was that 
46, 47 percent of OU's defensive plays. Okay, so 46 percent of of uh, Texas's offensive plays were held to two yards or less. You want to take a stab at what this this week's is against well, West Virginia? Well, they had nine tackles for loss as a defense. 60- Seven percent of Oak, of West yeah. Virginia's plays were held to two yards or less, and I broke that down even further. Thirty-two of their sixty-four plays, so half, went for zero yards or negative yards. Guys, this defense well, is on on to something special here. Well, John, they carried the ball thirty times for fifty-one yards, I believe. Yeah, one point seven <laughs> per carry. Yeah. Yeah, that ain't good. Now, now here's the deal. Here's the deal. To to take these stats a little bit further, you know West Virginia is not going to come in here and have success. West Virginia ranked 124th in the country in rushing yards per game and rushing yards per carry. 124th in the country in both statistics. So you knew they weren't going to come in here and say, oh, well, we're going to change it up. No, no chance. But for Oklahoma to hold them to 1.7, basically half of what their season average was, as crappy as their season average was, Oh, you held them to half of that. I mean, I, I need to look up what what Texas did, or what West Virginia did to Texas because I mean, obviously that game was much closer. I mean, Texas pulled away towards the end, um, but I mean, when you when you give out all the caveats of this is the game after the OU Texas game or the, the, so much emotion, um, OU put up so much aggression in that game. That was their first, according to the entire country, that was their the first team they played with a pulse. That was the chance for them to show that they have actually improved with Alex Grinch um, over this la- the first five games. So there's probably going to be a letdown, right? Absolutely not. Again, again, OU didn't really do anything sexy in terms of they didn't sack Austin Kendall a bunch. They didn't sack him at all. They didn't force any turnovers. But when you're getting guys in the backfield or only getting them you know, a, a yard or two a past the line of scrimmage, that to me, just like I told you, John, um, on the pregame show, that to me is just as good as a turnover because – when you think about the difference, like the, the entire point of a turnover is just to either score on it or get better field position. OU's not going to have a problem against West Virginia for field position. It doesn't matter if they're on the one-yard line or at the 40. They're going to score probably more than likely. Yeah. No, it's, it's been, it's been uh, proven um, over the, fir- the course of the first seven weeks of the season that this Oklahoma defense, uh, they've got a different mindset. And I, I, I talked to Kenneth Murray tonight. I talked to Alex Grinch. About the post-Texas hangover interview, both guys are in the, in the post-game press conference. I asked them both the question about the post-Texas hangover, how you avoided it and whatnot. And Alex Grinch said that was an emphasis this week. He said, we told the guys, forget all that hype. Forget everything that everybody's writing about you for beating Texas brands out. Go write your own headlines. How cool is that? That's the first time I've ever heard a coach say, forget what they're writing. You go write your own headlines. And if you if you dominate West Virginia, those headlines will write themselves. That's impressive uh, pregame motivation by the OU defensive staff. Right. I mean, and you look at the Texas game when whenever Texas played against West Virginia, you're talking about 42 to 31, and Austin Kendall went 31 of 46 for 367 in that game. Yeah, but he wow. had four interceptions in that game also. West Virginia, and they also they ran the significantly better. Yeah, 96 yards. Yeah. I mean, you know, they had 96 yards. I think they had average was like four or five yard, four yards of carry pretty much in that game. And then they go against Oklahoma and they look anemic. Uh, so, I mean, you look at the way these guys are playing, the way Oklahoma's playing defensively. Though, like, like I've said before, they're not playing against the Big 12. They're playing against national criticism. 
they're playing against everybody else. That's the chip that this defense has on their shoulder. It's not only about West Virginia. It's not about the Big 12. You're playing against the nation. You're playing against the SECs, the ACCs, and all of the national critics that always say, well, Oklahoma defense is nothing. They're, and so this is what they're playing with every week. And that's why he's saying you got to create your own story. Because like I said, they're one bad game, one loss away to being said, well, they figure out this OU defense. They're not really yeah. that good. Yeah, and Rufus, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we got you on here just because uh, as soon as I heard Alex Grinch say – uh, that in the post game show that it was alarm. It's been it's alarming that this team hasn't forced any turnovers. I was really excited to get your thoughts on that because to me, like yes, that that's been Alex Wrench's mo since he came into OU was to force what two turnovers a game. Like that equals a victory. That equals success. And while the defense has been vastly improved and has looked damn near elite at times. I know statistically they're not elite, and I'm not going to put them up there with Alabama or any of those types of teams at all just yet. Alabama's right now. Alabama right now is not elite. I mean, they're struggling. Statistically, yes. Uh, (laughs) um, But I just appreciate that standard. I appreciate that Alex Grinch is like, yes, we have been successful. We, We have done a lot of the things that I've wanted us to do, but like we still have a lot to improve upon because it just seems like any other time, any other coaching staff, they would be so content with what's what with what's gone on thus far, and that can that could help lead into maybe a, a hangover that can maybe lead into a hangover of a game or a a disappointing loss at home. But I just appreciate the standard. I'm just curious, like from your end as a former player, if you hear your defensive coordinator say something like that after you've put all that type of performance out on the field. How does that make you feel? I mean, you appreciate it. I mean, there's a standard. There's always a goal in mind. Um, we had a, we had lofty goals as well. To be a great defense, you have to have basically unattainable goals to always try to reach those goals. I mean, we played there, – there was like we had this thing to not allow a 100-yard rusher, not to – not to allow anybody to pass over 250 yards. I mean, those goals are hard playing against anybody. Um, not to allow a not to allow a run over 25 yards. Not to allow a big play over 25 yards, or or, or say allow two or three, but nothing over five. No plays above five yards. That's over 25 yards. I mean, those are lofty goals because every other teams have talent. You're talking about playing against Texas and saying, hey, you're not going to allow a 100-yard rusher and Cedric Benson's lined up across there. You talk about playing against a Colorado who has Chris, who has Chris Brown and has Bobby Purify. You're not going to allow a 100-yard You keep that standard and you don't bring it down for other people. Or you don't, you don't bring your standard down just because you haven't attained that goal yet. Exactly. I mean, that, that's kind of been what I've been thinking of this whole time is just you keep giving them something to reach for. You don't give them something that they could probably easily attain, especially considering how soft OU's schedule was in the beginning of the year. Like, yeah, they're probably going to be able to rack up sacks, tackles for loss, and maybe get a handful of turnovers like they did. you got to give them something to keep climbing for because it's a season where you know it, it's a continuous grind. And OU in the past when they've had teams that are just as talented as this They'll go five and zero, four and zero, five and zero, and then they'll stumble. If you give the team something to continuously strive for, it, I would assume, it helps make them even more hungrier, especially when they have to wake up at six in the morning to play an eleven a.m. kickoff game against West Virginia at home. But um, and they're seven and zero right now for the first time since two thousand four. Yes, consider that. Holy I, cow! I I thought about that. And I wonder who played on that defense. <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, luckily we have that guy on here. Um, but I, I guess before we get too far into the defense, let's because uh, I always feel bad that we just always leave out the offense because we we just <laughs> de- we deep dive into the defense because it's just it's so fresh and brand new. Um, I mean, I was in the stadium for the first half, guys. Um, there is a an actual like you could feel it. People are excited when the defense goes out into the field because I mean, I'm thinking sack, tackle for loss, uh, maybe even a turnover, even though those those haven't been uh, been generated thus far in these last few games. It's exciting to watch, but man, the offense—they're so good that it's boring. <laughs> um, I mean, Jalen Hurts, 16 of 17. Uh, three t- That's incredible. Three, I know three passing touchdowns, and that one incompletion was I was, was a it, drop. Was it Drake? Yeah, it was Drake Stoops. It was Drake Stoops on, uh, on the drop, and uh, and it, on a windy day, guys, the, go, the winds were gusting out there. He goes sixteen of seventeen. He posts the second highest passer efficiency rating in OU history, three oh eight. Kyler Murray had one against Baylor last year that was three forty eight. Never be touched, <laughs> I'm sure. But three oh eight, it's the highest anybody's achieved in 2019 in, during the 2019 college football season nobody has thrown a higher efficiency rating than Jalen Hurts did today on a windy day it's unbelievable yeah and Stussy's son I mean he looked at the hit <laughs> and said it catching the ball that's what happened on that one. made a business decision Drake ruined yeah. Jalen's perfect <laughs> no, game, man. Hey, <laughs> no it wasn't a business decision I mean because he was going to get hit anyway he just didn't catch the ball Whenever I see Coach Stoops, I'm going to tell him, hey, now you're still going to have to be talking about that. Can you imagine? They would hand him the Heisman right now if he would if he had gone 17 of 17. Nah, they wouldn't have handed it to him. But, I mean, <laughs> right now he's playing the best out of all of, all the guys right now that are in the Heisman, I think, right now with this game. He's playing really well. Uh, you look at all the other guys that are out there. Uh, Justin Fields had a subpar game last uh, last night uh, against Northwestern. He didn't have great numbers. I think he had 194 yards. Uh, total. Look at Trevor Lawrence had a bad, had an ugly interception, and just hadn't been playing. He hadn't been consistent at all so far this year. Um, uh, you look at who else? Tua Tagovailoa, I think, is his biggest competition. I think Justin Fields yeah. will also make a run in the back in the back end of it. But I think Jalen, it'll be Jalen Hurts and Tua, and I think Justin Fields will be a guy that be on the back end. I think Trevor Lawrence, Heisman, uh, Heisman run is over, guys. Joe Burrow is uh, probably yeah, your front Joe runner Burrow, right yeah, now. Joe Burrow, yeah, Joe Burrow is your front runner also. I'm sorry, I forgot about Joe Burrow, but I think Joe Burrow, Tua, and Jalen Hurts are your guys that's in that mix to get that high. Everybody else is just kind of playing for, playing, just playing around right now. I mean, at this point, I mean Jalen Hurts' Heisman campaign. I mean. If he's in it, if he's in New York City, that probably means OU is at least they're at one loss, or they've won the Big Twelve, or they're undefeated. I mean, it's obviously a good thing, but um, <laughs> I would rather there be something more than just another Heisman. But I mean, Jalen Hurts. I thought this was a great bounce back game after the uh, Texas performance he had. I mean, mainly when we say the Texas performance, we're talking about the first half. He settled down in the second half, made better decisions, made better throws, uh, ran when he had to, picked up big first downs. Played He played like Jalen Hurts in the second half of that game. But today was a really good just reminder of, yeah, I just made like two mistakes. But I'm still pretty damn good. 16 to 17, 316 through the air, three touchdowns. Uh, I believe he rushed for 75 yards and then added two scores on the ground. Um, he... he he didn't go through his progressions all the time, but it seemed like, especially on that Braden Willis touchdown, uh, that was impressive. He missed CeeDee Lamb uh, early. I believe it was on their second drive. He ended up running 
Or it was the first drive. Yeah, for the, yeah. yeah the third and long. Lincoln Riley gave him an earful for that one. Yeah, he, he took off and ran and was like four or five yards short, but CD was just yeah. wide the hell open over the middle. He just took off way too quickly. But I mean that's Yeah, the, but he didn't even have and he didn't have to take off because it was three rushers and the pocket was clean. Yeah, that's just gonna be kind of the thing that I guess you have with Jalen Hurts because he's done that and half the time it works out because he's talented enough as a runner to pick up that first down. He's big enough to maybe break a tackle or two and pick up that first down, and then half the time it's gonna be, well, you missed him. You shouldn't have taken off. Now we've got a punt. So uh, it didn't really affect OU that much. But, you know, uh, I, I agree with everything you guys are saying, but he also did this. He revealed in the postgame press conference, just like he revealed on Monday, he's got a bad hand. He, he's having trouble gripping the football. That's he what I was going to mention. Today. Yeah, he didn't. He, he doesn't even uh, – he, he said, you guys probably wouldn't even know it if I didn't say anything. <laughs> and, of course, internally I'm thinking to myself, well, why did you say anything then? Because that's that's not something you want the opponent to know. Hey, my hand hurts. It doesn't hurt enough for him to go have a post-game workout session. I mean, Rufus, did you ever go lift weights after a game? Heck no, I went out and found <laughs> the nearest bar I could go to. <laughs> so Logan's, right, because it was Logan's back in the day. Not, it's not, It wasn't Logie's. It was Al's, it was Logan's, it was 747. It didn't matter. Whichever one it was, it was what it was. <laughs> I do remember Al's. That's right when I first moved to Norman, which is now o- the current O'Connell's. I didn't. I never had a chance to go check out the original O'Connell's as a 21-year-old, so that's I'm bummed about that. Oh, yeah, and I went I went O'Connell's, too. The original O'Connell's is a, was a staple of post-game rituals. Mm-hmm. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. Been there a few times. Um Really quick, we need to talk about Trey Sermon for just a few minutes. <laughs> I have no earthly idea what is up with this guy. I will defer to Rufus on this, dude. I, I am so confused as to what his status is. Is he in the doghouse? What's going I'm, on? I'm confuddled as well. I don't know what to say about this one. It's just... Hey, I think he's in the doghouse and coaches proving a point about something. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's for them to, to solve it internally. I mean, uh, whatever he's done, if he said something to a coach or whatever and they teach them a respect thing, he has to figure it out. But he has to figure out that between him and the coaches because it ain't going to be something that we're going to figure out at all. Yeah. And it's on him, though. But it is what it is. They got so much talent at that position in any position. And I feel it's a it's a situation where if it's that way, it's a I don't need you, but I want you on this team kind of situation also. Yeah. The weird part. Yeah, the weird part is that it's not that he's in the doghouse like he's being benched. He's out there playing. He's out there getting a couple of snaps and he's running some yeah. routes and he's yeah. different. He like, had he had the key you, block on OU's first touchdown. Yes, he did. So, uh, yeah, he, he stopped that uh, number 56 or whatever coming through there and hitting Jalen Hurts. That was um, – it's just – I've never seen anything like it where if you're – literally, I've seen a lot of guys get in the doghouse, Rufus, and I know you know what I'm talking about. A lot of guys on your team over the years have been in the doghouse, and they don't play. So if he is – I'm not saying he is, but I'm saying if he is, if Lincoln Riley's mad at him or whatever, he's still playing. He's just not getting the football. That's so bizarre to me. Yeah, because to me it would make sense if he was in the doghouse and wasn't getting any carries or really – he wasn't being put into a play where he could make an impact other mm-hmm. than his run blocking because he's by far OU's best blocking running back. He's not a lot of ways to skin a cat, guys. A lot of ways to skin a cat. <laughs> exactly. But he, he's not just going into the game just to go block because obviously defenses would, would key on that and say, and as soon as they saw number four, okay, this is a run or, or excuse me, this is a pass. 
Uh, they're doing Max Protect. Um, he's out there on so many random plays. And shout out, I'll give a shout out to Keegan Renault um, from Sooners Wire because he pointed this out on Twitter. I don't know what this means either. Against Texas, all he all he would do in the backfield is stand straight up. He wouldn't have he mm-hmm. wouldn't kind of have the half bent over stance with his hands on his knees. Rufus, I don't know if you've picked picked up on that. He yeah, did, I picked up on that. Yeah, yeah. He he did the same thing today. So I don't know if it's he's got some type of lower back injury, but at the same time, he still explodes as soon as the ball is snapped. He's still on that key block. Yeah. He knocked the dude over. So th- I don't think he's hurt. Yeah, it's just so odd. It, it, it's yeah, so. Well, well, it, We'll figure it'll it'll come at some point and everything get worked out. But man, let's we go ahead and let that one die. Lincoln Riley's gonna let that one go because we can go into detail about this one and we are never gonna put our finger on what the heck's going on until (laughs) Lincoln Riley says something or something comes out or he's ended up in the uh, transfer portal. Then we'd be like, okay, that makes sense now. (laughs) Yeah, like I hate really quick. I hate to speculate on it, but I mean, him and Jalen Hurts are essentially the same type of runner. Jalen Hurts takes up a lot of carries. Maybe Lincoln Riley was really onto something when he said at the um, after the Cotton Bowl that, you know, like Jalen takes up takes a lot of carries himself. So maybe Trey is just the odd man out, which is a little disappointing because we all know how talented Trey uh, Sermon is. But Kennedy Brooks had a really good showing. He had a really good touchdown run on the uh, breaking uh, broken tackle and cut up field. Um, overall, just. You know the the OU rushing game today was basically kind of like the game itself. It was it was good and it did what it was supposed to do, but eh, I like yay, <laughs> nothing too exciting, I guess. Yeah, and the O line the O line played well. Um, I didn't see a whole lot of you know you didn't see any miscommunication. You didn't see any busts. You saw guys um, have trouble with those Stills brothers a little bit. Um, that they were not like dominating or anything, but they were they were getting theirs. And so yeah, I thought the offensive line played uh fairly well and 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 when you consider the the run again nine 9.8 yards per play or whatever the whatever the per play average was you know that just goes to show you these guys these guys are a lot better than what we've been giving them credit for right well hey i'm gonna have to answer these questions that you guys need answered because i'm about to go eat some benvenuti's oh oh <laughs> nice way to brag rufus way to brag um okay yeah so we just got one question this is from uh tyler underscore uh jameson on twitter and he's he asked the defense has greatly improved but what concerns would you have against teams like bama ohio state lsu if the playoffs started tomorrow um um, for if we played against Ohio State, I think the left side of the offensive line would concern me because they're really talented defensive end, and that could mess up a lot of things, ruin a lot of the run games you want to do. Uh, you play against LSU, spreading us out because LSU wants to pass the ball, spreading us out and getting the ball in the hands of those talented wide receivers. It's going to be hard to tackle those guys one on one. Alabama, I think we'd be okay against Alabama. It'd just be a game of mono a mono. We'd be able to play them pretty strong. Uh, I think you play a good test against Alabama. That'd be a good game. Uh, I think they're evenly matched. Um, but I think all games that we will play would be evenly matched also, though, because there's some things that Ohio State doesn't do very well um, and some things that LSU doesn't do very well, especially in the secondary. So it'd be more of a shootout, I think, the LSU game could turn into. I like to hear that, Rufus. Thanks for joining us, man. Go have a go have that big bone in steak thing from Benvenuti's. All right, bye. See y'all. Later. See you, man. Well, John, um, I guess we can kind of. I will. I will add real quick to what Rufus was saying. Um, I, I said this in my post game uh, analysis. You can find that on YouTube. Just search for John Hoover. And uh, I did a little post game analysis. Did it outside in the stadium, so there's a little bit of wind over the microphone, but you can still hear me just fine. Um. 
I, I honestly, when you look, when you consider 2018 compared to 2019, Nick Saban, uh, Kirby Smart, you know, whoever whoever was in the playoff last year, they're looking they're looking around and they see Oklahoma in the playoff and they're at Clemson obviously, they see Oklahoma in the playoff and they go. Well, we won't have any problem moving the football. I mean, we're going to score with those guys. They, they might score 50, but we'll score 55. Yeah. They're not thinking that right now. They're not lo- they're not looking at Oklahoma saying we'll, we'll outscore them. They're looking at Oklahoma saying, "Holy crap. They've got an offense that scores 50 points a game. They got a defense that has given up four, uh, 20 points or fewer in 5 games this year, and they've got special teams that block punts for touchdowns." They're Shane Beeman Shane Beamer and Alex Grinch and Lincoln Riley are like the holy trinity of uh, of college football right now. Anything those di- those guys roll out there, it's coming up aces. So I'm telling you, all those teams that are thinking about the playoff or fan bases maybe that are thinking about the playoff, they're looking at Oklahoma in a different light. They may be shaking in their boots a little bit. Yeah, and I, I don't know how corny of a factor this is, and it, it might, some people might roll their eyes as I start explaining what I'm about to say, but. In, I've seen so like whether it's basketball or football, um, and especially if we're talking about a unit. So whether it's an offense, an offensive line, a defense, a defensive line, what whatever you want to call it, you know, sometimes teams just they may not have the talent, they may not have the recent history of success, but if they have a season where things just start falling um, in place, um, they've got the right voice in the room, uh, they've got the right guys in position finally. Guys can just play over their heads sometimes, and especially if they have good performance after good performance after good performance, and all that momentum just keeps building and building. Sometimes teams can just play outside of their minds. And if OU goes into the Big 12 championship undefeated um, and then is able to is fortunate enough to win that, go into the playoff undefeated, that probably means that this defense has been relatively the same that we've seen this entire season. So holding teams to, what, 17 points per game, um, over six or seven tackles for loss a game, handful of sacks. Maybe they start generating some turnovers here and there. That means when they walk into that playoff, that defense knows like we belong on this field too, and we can influence this game in a positive way. And maybe that's all OU needs. I expected a uh, a post Texas letdown today. Yeah, we talked, I really did. We talked about that on the pregame pod, and mm-hmm. I, I I expected um, I expected. Uh, Austin Kendall to go out and throw for 250 yards and a couple of touchdowns. And I expected them to be able to generate some kind of running game. I just thought Oklahoma's defense was going to be kind of full of itself. Alex Grinch and Lincoln Riley have coached those guys to the mind into the mindset that last week, that doesn't matter. It wasn't good enough. We need to be better. And, and you saw them just wrecking shop today on a, on a bad team, but, they, they gave them no chance. They put their foot on their throat early and said, you will not get up. And they choked them out. And, and the, you know, this wasn't Texas where they had the talent to rally and, the, you know, kick, maybe make an onside kick and make the game interesting. This was a, a game that West Virginia had no chance. And West Virginia, as we said, is a team that took Texas to the wire, took uh, yeah. Iowa State into the fourth quarter, you know, down by uh, 21-14 and going into the fourth quarter. So I'm telling you, man. I, I, every week that passes by, I am more and more and more impressed by this Oklahoma defense. Yeah, and um, I'm a little disappointed um, of our good friends at the franchise just because um, driving back from driving back home from the tailgate today, I'm listening to all the post game shows, and uh, I, nobody in particular because this is kind of the general consensus. 
Um, I think because a lot of people thought that this game was boring, and it was a boring game. I mean, OU did exactly what they were supposed to do. Like so. Yeah, kudos. except for when the the wagon flipped over. Oh, I was going to save that for last. But <laughs> okay, really quick. Well, go ahead. Okay, no, let's so, go ahead. Oh, okay, okay. Um, boring but, game. But because this was a boring game. I feel like people had this mindset of, well, we didn't learn anything about OU this week. Like they did what they were supposed to do, but we didn't learn anything new. I told I you on the I told you on the pregame show, John, that if OU comes out here and covers or basically has a performance like they just did, that tells me a lot, but it kind of goes into what you just already said. I expect like a lot of people expected a Texas letdown or a post Texas letdown. Um you did. And they put throw out this performance out there where they didn't let West Virginia get any momentum. Their their first touchdown came off of a drive where they faked a punt and then went for it on fourth down. Shame yep. shame on the defense for not stopping them on the, on those two um, two opportunities. But that fake punt, they get it by like a yard or two. That fourth down, uh, one missed tackle away um, yep. from it. He probably got the first. I can't remember if he was already past the about uh, the first down. He, I think he might have been. But to me, it just shows like. This defense gives up nothing easy at all, and that's such a compliment. And so to me, like, this this game told me a lot about this team. It, it I learned a lot about this team. This team understands what's at stake, and that comes from Lincoln Riley. That comes from Jalen Hurts, Alex Grinch, Kenneth Murray, Gallimore, all the leaders on this team. They're doing their job. Whatever they're selling, John, uh, the rest of the team is buying into it. And here's the good news the, the schedule gets uh, a little bit harder from here on out. Uh, Kansas State, you know, you go got to go on the road. It's another 11 a.m. kickoff. They're, they've got – this is going to be their Super Bowl. They've got yeah. upset on their mind, so you better be sharp in that one. And then after that, you've got Iowa State, you've got Baylor, you've got Oklahoma State. You've got teams that have the talent to knock you off. Uh, you know, you saw Oklahoma State collapse in the fourth quarter today as Baylor pulled away. But this is a, this is a team that I think they're taking each – game each and every opportunity each and every week in practice and they're using it as an opportunity to say last week wasn't good enough we have to be better that's what's impressive so far is that they're not you know like i'll I'll refer back to it again they're writing their own headlines and and i I was sitting as alex grinch was saying that i just was sitting in my head thinking he's right he's not only writing the headlines he's writing my column for me right now and so that's the (laughs) column that i'm posting at the the franchiseok.com the, the fact that these guys don't care what they've done, they don't care what how, how well they performed against Texas or Kansas or anybody else, West Virginia doesn't matter. All that matters is how well they perform the following Saturday. And, and they have a very high standard. And I've said it before, Brady, when they were playing Kansas, I said they're, playing, they're not playing Kansas, they're playing Texas. And then I corrected myself and said they're playing Oklahoma. That's who they're playing every week. They are playing Oklahoma. They're playing Oklahoma football. I mean, like this is the closest that a complete team that I've seen since yeah. um, maybe 2010. That 2010 team that was pretty damn good offense defense. Uh, they won the Big 12 championship against Nebraska. Won the Fiesta Bowl against some basketball school up in the Northeast. Um, but that was well, now the yeah the the 2011 team was ranked number one for six straight weeks before they they ended were up they were a paper tiger five, five weeks they were paper tigers because they didn't have the kind of leadership and and coaching and serious attitude that this team has I really think that team had a ton of talent enormous talent but once Ryan Broyles went down you know they, they started to fade 
uh, about week four, week three, week four, uh, you started to question their their heart, their toughness, their not their talent, but their you know the the intangibles. And then by you know the time they lost that uh, that game to Texas Tech, they lost their whatever it was, 39 straight home winning streak. And Brian Broyles gets hurt, and you know you turn around and it's uh, they they don't have a clue. They finish the season and they literally don't have a clue how to move the football. And that just that blows me away that uh, a team that was consensus number one, unanimous number one to start the season finished like that. I don't see that happening to this team. I see this team having a lot more toughness, a lot more metal, a lot more uh, grit, I guess, is an important word these days. <laughs> yeah. No, I, like 2011 and 2012 are perfect examples from, um, to me um, in that it, sometimes it's a bad thing when Texas is so bad because if you look at those seasons, I mean, you said week four, week five, that's right around OU Texas. OU yep. destroys them in both games. They're riding high. They're ranked number one. They're ranked in the top five or whatever. And then they start to stumble because that leadership wasn't there to the extent that this team um, is fortunate enough to have. Um, And that's why this West Virginia victory taught me a lot. The leadership is so strong on this team. They don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Texas, LSU, West Virginia, or 2006 Baylor. Go out there and kick their ass and write your own headlines like Alex Grinch said. So Alex Grinch is so meta. He's a, he's, he's, coach, he's a defensive coordinator extraordinaire. He's also writing uh, columns for uh, John Hoover, Ghost Hand. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, Alex Grinch. Um, and before we get to the very end of this, John, uh, the Sooners did block a punt. They did uh, score a touchdown off of it, so I know that's technically special teams, but, I mean, until the offense touches the ball, <laughs> it's 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 defense to me. So, um, I, mean, I asked I, I asked Kenneth Murray, I said, hey, we're talking about turnovers and how mad they were. They're not getting turnovers. I said, don't you take a little consolation in a three and out coming off the goal line that results in a block punt for a touchdown? He goes, no, because that's not our takeaway. Yeah, they're mad about it. God, so. this, this team doesn't have any chemistry at all. They're just a bunch of individuals. <laughs> um, First time since, uh, well, tw- they did it twice last year against Kansas and, and against Florida Atlantic. But the two, the three, t- three block punts for a touchdown in two years, Brady, it was, two, it was since 2002 since the last time that happened before yeah, last it, year. And you, now they're doing it, like I said, Shane Beamer, they're doing it you know, a couple times a year. Yeah, I mean, you've said it a few times on the podcast how um, this, and you've specifically mentioned it because of the defense, how it's reminded you of those early 2000s Bob Stoops defensive yep. defensive teams. Maybe it's just the entire team. I mean, if you're going to talk about early 2000s, like you're probably not thinking of an offense that can score, you know, 50 points, and it's just kind of like, eh, boring. Moving on. Um, th- this is this is has the makings of being a truly special team. And it goes well past just the talent because OU's never really had a problem. Even those 2011, 2012 teams, they were incredibly talented. Um, a lot of great OU players on those teams. But so much, so much more goes into having a team worthy enough to be um, to being in a playoff game and to have a chance to possibly win it. And it every week it seems like uh, as we peel um, away from the season, OU is starting to look like that type of team, but uh, like you said, they've got a big test against Kansas State on the road next week, and the last time they were in Can- in the state of Kansas, they didn't start off the game too hot, so uh, we will see. But, yes, you already mentioned it, John. Oh, my God, it happened. The thing that I have always been scared of finally happened. The schooner <laughs> tipped over. What was it, 91 or 93 against Colorado when it did? Not, um. 
Yes, ninety three is what I was told today. Yeah, and it happened. Um, it happened at a perfect time. It signified the nineties were coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! What what, what, is, what does today mean? Yeah, nineties are over. I know. Two thousands are over. Oh God. Um, seven and zero for the first time since two thousand four. Please God, please God, please God. Um, no, it was kind of weird. I, I was in the stadium with my uh, with my friend Matt, and we happened to be sitting in the northeast corner of the end zone, right kind of perfect. Uh, you know, ten fifteen rows up from that tunnel that the schooner comes out <laughs> of and goes back into. Well, the time before um, it tipped over, so the touchdown that OU scored, schooner goes out there and makes its turn. I looked over to my friend Matt. I was like, dude, that thing damn near tipped over. Like, the wheel was off, like, pretty high. It kind of it made me it made my heart skip a little bit. Oh, and I was like, dude, I don't know. And then, like, ten minutes later when OU finally scores again, I was actually telling my buddy, like, I'm going to go back to the tailgate, so I'll meet, you, I'll meet up with you later on. As I'm walking down the steps, the thing tipped over, and <laughs> I was – I had a perfect – like, perfect view of it. Wow. I was so scared. Like, I knew immediately that the ponies were fine, so thank God yeah. the animals were okay. I was yeah. scared for the girl, um, oh, sure. for the lady that was. I, I don't. I can't remember what they. What the lady is that sits in the front with the guy driving. Yeah, I the can't thing. remember either. She she does have a title though. The Roughneck Queen, or is it something like that? Something like that. Um, thankfully, um, all reports say that everybody involved um, is fine. Nobody was hurt. But at first, I thought she, like she's at least broken her arm. <laughs> Uh, so kudos. It was a to her. clean landing. It was a clean landing, and I guess Gus Johnson gave her a shout out on the replay. He was like, "That's how you roll. That's what they teach you in jujitsu." <laughs> and Joe Clatch just like, y- "Yeah, football." <laughs> um, oh my God! There's a Colorado connection the... right there. I just realized. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, Colorado kid in the stadium. So uh, what was in the what was in the uh, wagon that they had to uh, that they had to go run out? Was that like a bunch of flowers or something? Um, I, I don't know what all the pomp and circumstance was that popped out of the uh, of the uh, um, schooner, but I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, but OU's, I don't know if it was the football account or something, tweeted out that they checked into it. Apparently it was weight distribution in the back yeah. of the wagon. So too, Yeah, I, don't know, I got too, the statement. Pretty crazy. Too many people in the back? I mean, hopefully that doesn't bo- that that doesn't body shame anybody that was in the wagon. <laughs> um, <laughs> because, like, I actually wanted to get into this tailgating this morning uh with the weather the weather ended up being perfect for football but if you had to get there early and tailgate and set everything up in the grass and the dirt it was everything was wet everything was soaking wet like it had just poured rain for five hours and then we watched the game every big run you see dirt getting piled up divots being made cd lamb cd lamb cd lamb couldn't score a touchdown because he tripped so that all happens, and then the wagon tips over, and I'm just like, "Oh God!" Like, mm. blame it on the dew, on the morning dew. <laughs> yeah, that's so. No more morning kickoffs in Norman. They need to make a. They need to take a stand right here and plant their flag and say, "We are not having any more morning kickoffs because our little horses almost got killed." I guarantee you, Iowa State's a night game. I, I don't know why. I guarantee it. It's a night game. Please, I just want it to be. They already play at 11 a.m. next week. Then they got the bye. They have a bye week after Kansas State, right? Yeah. Oh God. Well, um, I guess before we get out of here, I'll just mention. I said fifty-eight to thirteen in the pregame pod. You said what, John? Fifty-four twenty-one. I'm very sorry, Austin Kendall missed that swing pass. <laughs> 
Thanks a lot, Austin Kendall. You know what? I'm going to give a shout out to Austin. Wide open. All you got to do is throw it. You know, despite that poor pass, I do want to give a shout out to Austin Kendall. I mean, I wanted OU to go in there and sack him nine times, just like um, Sam Ellinger. The kid is tough. The kid. He's talent. He's obviously talented. He didn't. He wasn't the reason why West Virginia was down in this game. I mean, we've we've already seen two or three terrible quarterbacks go up against Oklahoma this season. Austin Kendall is not anywhere near that category. He's obviously oh, yeah. ta- he's obviously talented, and he played with class. He didn't let his emotions get to him. He played within his offense. He tried his damnedest, and um, like I thought that moment was kind of cool when Kenneth Murray had to hit him. Um, when mm-hmm. Austin was running to his left, and I think hard, yeah. I think the officials assumed that there was going to be bad blood, but both players like just kind of dapped each other on the helmet. You know, it's like <laughs> they used to be brothers, so I'm sure that they still have good relationships. Um, but uh, after the game, Austin Kendall embraced a lot of um, former teammates and Lincoln Riley. So I mean, that was good to see. And mm-hmm. I-, I will say, I-, I don't mean this in some corny way, just because oh, you killed West Virginia, but you know. Austin Kendall gained himself a fan because I was like every other fan out there yelling basic, basic. But yeah. you know, shout out to Austin Kendall. You played your ass off. You tried, and you're obviously talented enough. Kenneth Murray got asked about that uh, play, and he said that uh, that Ken- Austin Kendall is his brother. I uh, said that they were good friends when he was here, and he re- they remain good friends. And he was just happy that he went out there and had success. Uh, Jalen Hurts said he was happy to see him have success too. And so did Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley said uh, he was very pleased to see, you know, Austin Kendall come out there. He said, well, a very cool comment, if you ask me. He said, you can see why we recruited him so hard. Uh, he threw some really nice balls out there. So Yeah, um, he was Lincoln's first big recruit when he came to OU. That was yeah, his first big so. recruit. So, I mean, obviously he's talented, but um, sometimes things just don't work out. Um, that story in The Athletic from, uh, was it Jason Kersey? Uh, no, it was the West Virginia writer. Oh, okay, okay. Um, that... Mike, I can't remember, Alexander, I can't remember his name. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that with uh, Austin's dad. It was pretty cool. So, um, But, yeah, John, uh, I, I'll give myself the uh, the trophy for the uh, score prediction <laughs> once again. Like I think I've got it nearly right two or three times. But, uh, yeah, thank you, OU, for making me look smart sometimes. Um, it was uh, Austin Kendall. It was uh, if he hits that pass, I'm taking the trophy this week. So just well, telling, just he just was saying. he was pressured. It wasn't like he was just standing back there and he simply made a dumb pass. He 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 had a little bit of pressure. So, could, so it was a little bit OU's fault. So a um. little bit. Um, uh, just when you when you put the trophy up on your shelf this week, make sure it doesn't fall over like the Sooner Schooner did because that thing snapped in half. I, and I, you know what's interesting is it may be designed to do that if it if it tips uh, that way yeah. the ponies don't get jerked back or you know that way they can keep going and something on the something separated on the bottom and it dug a twenty yard trench in the field. Lincoln Riley said he was a little concerned when he looked out there and saw that big old divot, uh, but you know they got it <laughs> they got the divot repaired pretty quickly. <laughs> Yeah, thankfully nobody else was hurt, and thankfully no one else was hurt in that. Uh, shout out to all the OSU fans who had a good laugh, especially Doug Gottlieb, who had a good laugh, and uh meme picture of the um, wagon on the ground. <laughs> and then two or three hours later, their team completely choked uh, in the fourth quarter, and now Baylor's... Did you reply to him? 
oh no, I'm not gonna. Re- I don't really reply to fools, and <laughs> I guess I'm technically in the media. I mean, not necessarily with OU football, but you know, I do cover the Thunder, so I'm technically a media guy. And you well, know, he's a media guy. Eh, he has no shame. Of, it's kind of a faux pas, isn't it? Kind of a faux pas to like, especially if you're at my level. Like, I'm nowhere near Doug Gottlieb yet. Maybe, hopefully, someday I will be. But I'm not gonna just be some Twitter fool and just be like oh screw you credit card boy or whatever no 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 I'm, i mean reply to him his his tweet was boomer you replied to him back with uh that that fumble uh touchdown that that baylor had tonight today to clinch the game you replied back sooner <laughs> would that not be the perfect reply yeah um i mean it's it's good for ou that baylor is still undefeated because if ou takes care yeah. of this against k-state um baylor keeps taking care of business that will probably be a college game day game be a big game for the conference be a big game for oklahoma another test and what i just what i said earlier about the defense maybe just them having good performance after good performance and they start to outplay what they actually are um play over their heads baylor's kind of in that category um themselves as a program right now they're they're playing so well and they've won all their games maybe they will start believing and they'll play over their heads against ou but that's another topic for another day, John. Uh, real quick, anything that we should be looking forward to from you on the Franchise OK, Sporting News, Locked On Sooners podcast, anything that you want to go ahead and plug right now? Uh, Locked On Sooners, Monday through Friday. We post that thing every day. Um, yeah, the, the Franchise OK.com is uh, going to, you're going to see a column about uh, Alex Grinch's comment. Like I said, he basically wrote it for me about uh, the, the guys writing their own headlines. And then all the videos are up are posted on my YouTube channel. Just search for John Hoover. Boom. Watch should, videos to your heart's content. You should have had you should have just went up to Alex after this um after the uh, press conference and just said, "Hey, I'm going to like at you on this column on Twitter <laughs> since you've basically written it. So if you don't mind, you might as well retweet it since you also helped me write it." So shout I'll out. I'll put a few other <laughs> I'll put a few other words in there besides this. <laughs> well, awesome, John. Um we'll we'll of course get together Monday, hopefully. Um, I don't think, I don't think there's anything thunder wise other than practice that day if they do. So I'm sure we'll be able to, you, me and Rufus to meet up somewhere around the stadium after press yeah. conferences before player availability, like we always do for the Monday pod and we'll kick ass then. But, uh, John safe travels back to Tulsa. All right, man. Appreciate it, Brady. Everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the post game edition of the inside OU podcast. If you haven't already subscribe. Uh, leave us a comment, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. Uh, leave us a review, five-star rating. We will really, really appreciate that so much. We already appreciate all the good feedback that we're getting. Um, we've got a lot of really consistent people on Twitter that um, ask us questions, give us good feedback and good comments. Just thank you guys so much for all that. We really appreciate I'll that. Steal, I'll steal a line from the uh, AP Top 25 College Football Podcast, and that is, if you leave us a rating and leave us a good rating, that helps other college football fans and other Sooner fans find us and helps us find them. So it all works together. Boom. And with that, we will just say goodbye to everybody. Everybody be safe because it's still 8 o'clock on Saturday. I'm sure everybody's getting ready to go out. If you're still in Norman, go out and have some fun. Be safe. Drive safe. Uber. Do all the safe, smart decisions. Uh, But for Mr. Rufus Alexander and Mr. John Hoover, this is Brady Trantham. Y'all have a good rest of your night. Listen to Brady Trantham Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Follow him on Twitter at Brady Does Sports. 
Catch all of John Hoover's work at thefranchiseok.com. Follow him on Twitter at John E. Hoover and be sure to catch all of his radio call-ins throughout the week on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Subscribe, rate, and review all the podcasts in the Franchise Podcast Network. The Sam Mays Podcast, All In, Inside OU, OKC82, and Intimate with TV's Jerry can be found in all the places you listen to your podcasts. Seriously, just subscribe. You don't even have to listen.